Welcome in to another episode of the Hoopstradamus Basketball Podcast. It's the big three in the house. Abbas Dahadwala, Hamia Rain, and myself, Adam Shalafu. Make my glorious return. Hopefully it is a glorious return. And uh, Abbas, we're starting with you, man. We're, we got to give you a little crap. The Blazers, once again, bitten by the snake that is the injury snake. Yeah, you know, it's a tough time. They had, what, they've had four starters hurt. So, a- as usual, Damian Lillard's the last man standing. So, like, <laughs> yesterday it was like, you know, they were like, oh, we've got Derek Jones Jr. back. Nice. We have two of our opening day starters. But then Jones Jr. got hurt in the second quarter. Woof. Um, they are they are screwed. They're screwed, especially in the West this year. Um, West is good. So deep. They They need to have a four who can play defense. Because the way it is right now with Carmelo and and his canter at the four of the five, it is not working. It is not. They can't stop anyone. They're like, they'll go like eight possessions in a row where the other team scores. And it won't even like they, it's not even like they have to do that much to score. It's like a drive to the basket and canter can't protect the rim. Yeah. Canter's never been an elite uh, rim protector. And, you know, uh, Hami and I, uh, we, we we're playing each other in fantasy hoops this week and Hami, you know, who I wish I had against you is my starting center, Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Blazers, are, they, they've, they've been, uh, they've been down this road before. They're kind of remind me of that Grizzlies team. That was like a few years ago where everyone got hurt, but the Blazers have had these kind of seasons before. So I guess they trudge along like they, like they've always been doing with this era of the Blazers. For yeah, sure. you know, they have they have enough depth, but um it's like I think they need depth who can play defense. Mm. Like I feel like yesterday there was David Nwaba on the Rockets. They need a David Nwaba. Nwaba's because, nice. Like, Gary Trent, Gary Trent is nice too. I like Gary Trent a lot, but like yesterday, even the closing lineup, Anthony Simons was hitting some six shots, but like Dame Trent Simons and then uh Carmelo. And uh, Cantor at center. There's only one guy who plays defense out of that five. Uh, and they just couldn't buy a stop yesterday. Uh, it, it, it's tough, but like it's it's not unexpected. It is Portland. They'll get McCollum back in two, three weeks. They'll get Covington back hopefully in the next week. Uh, but Nurkic isn't coming back anytime soon. Collins isn't coming back anytime soon. So they're going to have to deal with those those injuries for a while. I really think they should, um, whenever Drummond gets bought out or if JaVale McGee gets bought out, both those guys should be on the radar. If they get Drummond, they can they can maybe make some noise again, but um, especially because Nurkic kind of sucked before. He, he didn't look anywhere he didn't look near healthy. he did. Yeah. He didn't look anywhere near what he looked like in the bubble last year. Yeah, in the bubble, like he looked like a top five center of the league. I mean, he know? was putting up like 20, 15. He was getting the blocks, the steals. He's playing big the minutes. Assists. Yeah. But like this year, it's like, dude, he was, he's barely getting to 30 minutes. Foul trouble. Couldn't rebound the way he did before. Couldn't score. Couldn't even, like, he would hit that mid range sometimes. He couldn't hit that at all. He looked pathetic this year. Um, if they wanted to get anywhere, they needed him to at least take somewhat of a leap. But even with CJ's leap, they weren't able to do it. Um, it's like them, like the Bulls, injuries are hitting again, and uh, they really need to they need to figure it out. 
Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about a few teams out west on this show, but one of the teams we're going to talk about, a little uh, foreshadowing for you listeners, is uh, hot on their heels, uh, just right behind them in the standings as Detroit we Pistons. record this. Who said what? The Detroit Pistons. Oh, the Detroit Pistons, man. They keep blowing my bets. I, I uh, took the Lakers to beat them, just money line. I thought that was super safe. Apparently not. Um, Dude, I'm I'm loving the Pistons right now. They play they play hard. Right, yeah. they do. Yeah, they've done a lot of close games. That guy, uh, Stewart, their backup center, Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I like that guy. He can, Dude, he, he he's rebound. a real he athlete. Like, I got to cover he him. Rebounds like Rodman, man. Yeah, guy, yeah, he grabs everything. I uh, last year I was back in the normal days before the dark ages. Uh, I used to be at live sporting events, believe it or not. I know it sounds like such a pipe dream, right? Last I used to go to basketball games and I was uh, writing for a friend of the program, Gino Green, who's been on the full court trap. Uh, check out that episode if you haven't. But anyway, I was writing for his uh, his website, College Sports Overload, covering the men's basketball team at CU. And uh, Washington was in town and that was the big name, Isaiah Stewart. And uh, the thing that really stuck out to me was like, you know, when you see those guys up close and you have a real understanding of just like how physically imposing they actually are and how athletic and uh, the guy is just built like a grizzly bear, you know, he's absolute rumple swole skin. And, uh, you know, he was pushing people out of the way. He was leaping for rebounds. He was dominating the glass. Uh, CU did a good job against him, but uh, that was a great pickup for them. Was he like their best player? Oh, far and away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Washington seems... wasn't very good, but he was great. D- Detroit seems to be picking up a lot of these guys lately. I mean, like what it was Christian Wood last year. Now it's Stewart. They seem to always have like these bench guys who – who overperform or outperform even like Brown last year, Bruce Brown last year. Mm-hmm. Now he has a, a big role with the Nets since they don't have players left. Yeah. Uh, they, they seem to, they seem to really find these like little fringe guys. And then like a quick side note, we were talking about live sporting events with crowds and like being there. Um, I ca- I went downstairs yesterday and my dad was watching the Australian open. Yo, how they have like a full crowd, no masks, nothing. Really? Like, oh, I thought, don't understand Packers, how right? bad we can be that we can't even have anywhere anything like that. It's tough. I, I, the, I'm fully expecting the Super Bowl to be completely packed. You I can't wait. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I, in Florida. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, I don't want to get like hyper political on this, but like, you know what wasn't helping the completely legitimate election in the the mass gatherings to contest the completely legitimate election. Uh, yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe they can get a mass gathering for the Super Bowl. Maybe I mean, shoot, man. Yo, if if, if we weren't stupid, like if we weren't stupid, we would literally be having those Australian Open type crowds. Yeah, we could be at a. I could be at a Bulls game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I could be at a Bulls game. <laughs> we're we're seeing some, like you know, watching some of the NFL playoffs. Some of those teams were able to have like limited capacity crowds. The Packers and the Chiefs. Well, and... the Packers did not look like limited capacity. Well, See what the Wisconsin. Bills, the Bills was also 
but like the Packers more so because you know it's the NFC Championship. I again, it's a huge game, but wow, <laughs> there was there was like every every seat was taken in the first like the first level, the hundred level, which I expected that to be the only thing open. Yeah, you know, it's maybe they like walked up and the ushers didn't stop them. You know, who knows? Oh, they definitely um, sold those tickets. Yeah, it was it was a. Uh... They got to make their money somehow this season. <laughs> they made it all back in that one game. Yeah. Um, and it, it's crazy. Cause it's just like, this wasn't on the rundown, but it's definitely worth talking about. Like just the wrinkle in the NBA season. That is the COVID. Let's call it the COVID effect. Right. Like when randomly you could just have a guy, one of your good guys, like out for two weeks, you know, like it's never been more of a crap shoot as it is now. Uh, and I wonder like if, if you're on the team, if you're on an NBA basketball team, like it's better to get COVID now than get COVID during the playoff stretch, you know? Uh, but it's very strange. Like the Chicago Bulls game against uh, Memphis postponed, you know, and rightfully so I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I think that's the correct. I'm all for the postponements, right? I think player I mean, safety had- uh, should be the number one priority for the league. They got to protect uh, the hands that feed them. Right. They've got what two weeks in a row now where they've gotten a nice like four or five day break between games because of postponements. What was it last week or the week before the Boston game was postponed? Mm-hmm. And they didn't play between like Monday and Friday at all. Yeah, I mean, I will at least it's a it's a it's a good opportunity for some of these guys to get healthy. The Wizards hadn't played since they were the Bullets till this last week, <laughs> and, and they still can't they still can't win a game with Westbrook on the court. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest falls in the NBA of late. Yeah. West. <laughs> he, he's averaging a triple-double pretty much, but yeah, what, like, I, no I think it's cared. like 39% from the floor right now. Yeah, no one cared after that one year, after the first year. I guess it was the first year he averaged a triple-double when he won the MVP. And he's been doing it since, basically, and no one cares anymore. Well, it, I it, mean, it, it's also kind of – I don't know. I think it – just goes to show that you really can't do it just running through one guy. Like you can be a good team, right? Uh, For example, uh, the Houston Rockets, you know, um, when it was kind of like the Harden show, James Harden's unbelievable, but he, I dare I say, even if his numbers aren't as good, like he's going to have so much more success with the nets because they have other people to run things through. And, yeah, um, well, also when, when Harden was on the Rockets, like he's he's such like an like an elite one on one guy, so he can like basically win, quote win every possession or every other possession, and by drawing fouls too, because fouls can you know stop the game, and then uh, basically from fouls it's just obviously just go straight to the other team, and but you know like everyone says like it's a, you got to play both sides of the ball, and Harden obviously, you know he obviously not known for his even but his offensive impact is just so like incredible. We're oh, like. Yeah. You know, like it's like the definition of insanity. Like you know, you you know what he's gonna do, and he's gonna do it, and he's he's gonna make. Right, but that's not gonna like beat the elite teams. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, well, Harden carried them that one that one stretch when Chris Paul was out. Oh, so, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong; they were good. Football, it comes down to your week, so it, it, you can't do it obviously for a full season. That's what you know that whole Kobe Bryant when people well, are talking and about. You can't win a championship, you know. Right. Like, it's like, you can be good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like, if you run through one man, you're a bad team. There's like, I mean, look at the Dallas Mavericks, right? I think like they were, especially once Chris Porzingis went out last year in the bubble, 
Like everything was through Luca, but they were at least like good, but they weren't good enough to get past uh, or get past. The, the only the thing is that if if your guy if your guys are hurt, you just need that one good stretch just yeah. to just yourself is in it. You know, yeah. like like the Rockets were doing, like the Mavericks are barely hanging on to now. At least you know now they get they're getting some guys back now. But. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Wizards they're still like super young. But I and think it's just that, like it's just Westbrook's style, you know. It's just he's, yeah. he's not a Harden, so it's it's really I don't know. It's kind of a blessing and a curse to have a guy like Westbrook. He's a great teammate, though. No, no one can hate on him. Oh yeah, I mean he's uh, you can't blame him for trying to do too much, but I think for the Wizards to be a little bit better, he needs to do a little bit less. Uh, but also Rui Hashimura, that would be great if they can get him back on the floor uh, consistently. I think he's a key element to that team. But uh, speaking of the panic, say that. Did he have COVID? I don't know. know. Did he have COVID? I feel like he had COVID or something. Or maybe he got hurt. Um, But I know he might be coming back soon. But uh, switching gears, though, another guy who, you know, had COVID and just been out for so long. And a guy who I dearly miss, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Do you guys hear about this? He lost like 15 pounds or something. Really? Yeah. He, it wasn't. Um, it was yeah, not. Pretty... It, it was COVID protocol though, and he'll be back hopefully. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. He was probably out for limited he... minutes. Should be back today. Uh, Didn't or... he have another injury too that he was going through? Yeah, because I know. I think, like I mean, there was just... like everybody on the Heat had an injury. Like Iguodala has oh, an injury. Oh, Bradley has an injury. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, let's uh-huh. transition uh-huh. to uh, the Heat here. Yeah, Butler's hardly played this year. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy in my fantasy. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I, I, I think he will be back tomorrow or something like that. He, he might be back tomorrow. He's going to be back soon. But yeah, it was not pretty these last couple of weeks for, or I guess the start of the season. And he obviously being uh, one of the, uh, I guess, I don't know, just not good. I guess that they had to stay. They had such a short off season, and people are always yeah. talking about the Lakers with that thing. But it's like it's the Heat too, and the Heat have suffered more of it because the Lakers yeah. are way more balanced. It, well, it's yeah. like the Lakers, so many of their players are new, like Harold's new, Schroeder is new, yeah, Wesley Matthews new, Marcus All new. Half the roster is completely different from last year, but like yeah. the Heat, it's like what, the only guys. new people are like Harkless and, and Bradley. Everybody yeah. else was like just just playing in October. It's like I, and I feel like Butler especially, like he didn't have an injury or anything, so he was just like, you know, out there – playing every minute of the game he's probably still <laughs> probably still dead from october and it's it's just insane like looking at the injuries right and i'm just going to read through this real quick because it's it's astounding you know uh so this is their injury report as of today january 29th tyler hero neck day to day uh andre Egudala, neck day to day avery bradley knee day to day goran dragic groin day to day mo harkless thigh day to day chris silva hip day to day Jimmy Butler, ankle, day-to-day. Myers Leonard, shoulder, day-to-day. Jimmy Butler is far and away the best player on this team, the heart and soul of this team, and he hasn't played a game since January 9th. And like like you guys said, you know, the wear and tear of playing deep into October, that was only a few months ago. They weren't healed up. They got uh, forced to come back, and Jimmy Butler, like, I hate to sound grim, but I wonder if he's ever going to be able to like truly get right this season or if he's, or if it's going to take a year 
in like a normal off season of rest, because sometimes these in uh, injuries can compound, you know, uh, one thing I've learned from my younger sister, who's a, a very good, good personal trainer is about uh, body dysfunction. And so one of the things she's talked about is if you have an injury, let's say in your hip, that can actually lead to ankle problems. Let's say you have, you know, ankle problems that could lead to knee stuff because your body will compensate for in, in different areas for different ailments. And so Jimmy Butler's just like piling on these injuries and he's someone who doesn't know how to take it easy. And frankly, that's, that's not who he is anyway. I'd never want to see Jimmy Butler go 80%. What makes him so special is that he goes 105 every time. You know who else goes 105 every time? Max Struess, man. Nice to see him playing. Yeah. <laughs> had, what, he had 12 points yesterday, draining threes as always. Love to see a DePaul guy actually getting minutes. Yeah, Even when Philly had like eight players active, Paul Reed still couldn't get more than 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. maybe in a that few years. But he'll be back. Paul Reed will be back. But yeah, it's very nice to see Max Struess. When I saw him on TNT, I was like, this is, inc- this is amazing. We have, they're talking about Max Strews on TNT. This is incredible. Do you guys think the Heat, like, because honestly, I think they're still going to make the playoffs right now. They're six and 12. And so they're three games behind the sixth spot, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers who are nine and nine. So it is going to take a little bit of luck because they have to get healthy first. But I feel like over the course of a season, uh, I would almost be a little surprised. Like it's just day to day. No one's out for months, right? If they get right, Jimmy Butler's back out there. They should be able to climb back up to uh, that sixth spot. I don't think they're going to have home court advantage, but uh, still the whispers in the wind, people are starting to be really concerned about Miami, maybe missing the playoffs. Where do you guys fall on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to take a week to week if you're like down by this much already. So, I mean, basically, you just want to have a winning record every week, basically, right? So, I, I guess it's easier said than done. Uh, but th- that's the thing that I was kind of, we were talking, t- talking about earlier, right? Like, if you had a guy that can kind of, you know, take you through, you know, you had a guy who was good enough on offense, you know, amazing enough on offense to, like, kind of carry you through a couple weeks. Like Jimmy without, Butler. <laughs> right, like a Jimmy Butler, even like a Dragic, like if he's consistently playing. I mean, if he's mm-hmm. like, you got to, he's got to have a hot week, though, so. You know, that's a tough thing. Well, at least they got Bam back. I mean, maybe he could be that guy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like one three or four game win streak, which that, that team yeah. is very capable of, and you're back in it. I mean, once you get back to 500, it's like not like they're going to go down unless they have injuries. Adebayo's yeah. having an insane year. So, like, I think all it takes is everybody else around him getting healthy. Uh, I think it would be beneficial if they don't have, like <laughs> – that Vincent guy playing big minutes and none wouldn't have to start anymore. You know, then you like kind of replenish your bench. Struce doesn't need to play big minutes. We love him, but I don't think he's like the, I don't think you're a playoff team with him playing big minutes. Uh, But like, yeah, I I think it'll just take a little bit of time. I feel like just having Butler on the court, even if he's not fully healthy or fully in yet, I think it would help a Mm -hmm. lot. It's like, I'm not like ready to count out the, the heat this early in the season. I, I think they'll find a way to bounce back. I mean, it feels like this season has been going on for two, three months since it's already January, but like, we're only like a month in, which is crazy. 
Yeah. It's crazy to think that we're only a month in since like, you know, normally it'd be like, oh yeah, we started in October, dude. We, we didn't start in December. We started in October. Uh, but like, yeah, I still think the heat will turn it around. I mean, we saw a lot of teams come out to slow starts uh, who have since then completely turned it around. So yeah, I, I have hope that Miami will ride it. Uh, Spolstra is the great coach. Who knows? Maybe they find a way to get Bradley Beal and down to Miami, which has been the talk for, for like two years now, maybe they find a way to get Bradley Beal in in a, in a Heat uniform. It's it's just what would they have to it give remains up? To be seen. But man, well, I like I mean, if you're giving that. up like Harrow and 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 Robinson for for Beal, and like first round picks, they got to do it. They didn't want to do that for Harden. I think with Beal, you have a better indication that he's staying though because he just signed the the extension so it's like he's not going anywhere Harden I feel like it's like if you traded for Harden it was going to be a rental yeah yeah and honestly Harden's the better player maybe Beal's the better fit you know also I I feel like Beal a little bit younger yeah and like at least you have some you have some certainty the way it is the way it feels right now in the NBA it's like even if you get the star how certain are you that they're going to be there in three years yeah, that's a good point. I feel like now it's like if you're trading for somebody, you never know. So it's like, dude, if you have somebody coming in on that big contract who like unless they request out, they're going to be there for a while. Why not? Why not? Yeah. And if you're Beal and you've been playing with the the Washington Lizards for so long, I'm going to call them the Lizards from now on, by the way. Uh, if you've been we playing shouldn't for give the them Lizards, a team name, we shouldn't even give them a team name. They don't deserve that type of respect. Yeah. Lizards. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington basketball team, maybe <laughs> the Washington. If you've been playing for the Washington, <laughs> uh, but Bradley Beal's averaging 35.4 points per game this year with the lizards. Uh, I mean, that's Dude, insane. He's, he's playing in the swamp, man. <laughs> he's got to get out of the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> they got to drain it. <laughs> they got to drain the swamp around, around Bradley Beal. Get him out of there. He doesn't deserve this. <laughs> oh, I agree. Oh. To be fair, he when he signed that deal, the Wizards were not in like a they're not like in a bad spot as a franchise. I know he signed an extension recently, but like when he signed the big, you know, like back then, whatever, like five years ago or whatever, Wizards were right there, man. Like they, they should have been in the conference finals two years, but the Celtics happened and the Hawks. Yeah. I mean, they were like always close to putting something promising together. Oh, they're at a game seven. They're at a game seven of hey, the second man, I mean, round. They're I kind guess... of like the Clippers. I feel like that's what happens when Randy Whitman and Scott Brooks are your two coaches in, in like a true. decade. I mean, only, the talent can only take you so far. I mean, because John Wall and Bradley Beal, they were, I mean, like John Wall was really great. And like he's, he's still he's good. looking good now. He's I think good they, now. they really, Bradley they Beal. came off really badly in that deal, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I thought Giving it was, up I a thought pick it too. Well. I thought it worked what, out the, well with the Wizards. The and Wizards was, sent a pick with Wall for 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 Westbrook and like just player wise it's been such a downgrade and then losing a, a first round pick as well yeah that's just I mean whew, hindsight man <laughs> yeah for real and then like all of a sudden Houston is like kind of right there in the mix it's weird but I thought to compare that the Houston Rockets team I guess after last night's performance because everyone was playing really well and you know, they got like some some older players too. They're a and, game you know, of the eight spot. Like they're kind of like a ragtag team, right? Someone was comparing them to the Warriors, the 07 Warriors. I mean, they've got like, 
three former all-stars and then a soon-to-be all-star in Christian Wood and like Cousins. I mean, Cousins doesn't he he looked kind of washed earlier in the season, but he had that 30-point game the other day. Dude, he's like he can, he still shows that he can do something. I mean, like, dude, last week it was like 37% from the floor, 25% from three, and then he has that one game kind of reminding us that he can still ball. Mm-hmm. So like that team looks, I mean, they've still got PJ Tucker. Uh, they've still got those like three point shooters out there. Uh, I mean, they're very deep, very deep. And I kind of, I kind of like it because I want the Rockets to succeed post Harden. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't hate the construction of the team. One, I thought it was weird that uh, Cousins only played 11 minutes last night, the 28th against Portland. Because let me just run you through the, the, stat lines the last three games previous uh in 32 minutes he had uh five points 15 rebounds seven assists two blocks and then uh the next game and that was against detroit the next game against dallas he played 29 minutes he had 28 points 17 rebounds five assists and five or i'm sorry yeah five assists and then uh the next game against washington in 33 minutes 19 points 11 rebounds uh two assists, five steals in a block. And so the guy, like, I don't understand what the thought process is necessarily as far as rotations, just because, I mean, shoot, those are some, some of those are monster games. Some of those are legit vintage DeMarcus Cousins games. They should move him. Ooh, because Ooh. like you, I mean, it's like it's not like you're gonna start him next to Christian Wood, because it's like why would you start two centers in the league today? But you then know, like it's not like you're gonna start him over Christian Wood, right? Because like you know, Wood has been incredible. You got to go with the youngster. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you have to go with Wood. He's on a really reasonable contract. It's not like you're gonna you're not gonna sign Wood and then trade him. I feel like Cousins. It was just like maybe he ends up being a good rotation piece. Yeah, you know, I was actually talking to my friend Brian, uh, who's who's going to be coming up on our international draft show soon. I'll tease that out a little bit later. Uh, but I was talking to him last night, and he's a big Celtics fan, and we we're talking about how I thought he was going to be a he would have been a perfect fit for the Celtics in the off season. And uh, Brian was kind of saying the same thing. But imagine if you had a team like the Celtics who could afford to make that move financially because Cousins isn't on a ton of money right now. You add a playmaking slasher at the center position who can also protect the rim and you put him in a situation like Boston. The big question mark with DeMarcus Cousins, uh, frankly, has been his attitude. At, at times he, he's earned a reputation as not being a super nice guy. He uh, has led the league in ejections multiple seasons. He's rubbed a lot of coaches the wrong way. And he's been uh, blamed for disrupting chemistry in a bunch of different ways. That being said, when he's healthy, he's one of the most versatile centers of all time. I feel like he's, he's really cleaned up his image after the Warriors thing. And also, when he was on the Pelicans, he seemed fine. I, I didn't think there was any problems when he was on the Pelicans. He, it was really bad luck, though, because they, they would have been – they could have made some noise, the Pelicans, with uh, Cousins and Davis. Yeah. Speaking of, like, two two bigs or whatever in the front court. You know, it's uh, so ironic. They offered him a, a nice extension, and it wasn't quite max money. 
but yeah. he declined it and then he got hurt a couple weeks later. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Rockets are in a decent spot now because now they're looking they're just looking ahead, you know. I guess this year they're just they're just doing whatever this year. They might just be playing around this year. <laughs> as basketball as bad basketball teams do, they play around. Um, you know, not bad in the sense bad in the sense that they're not going to win a championship, I guess. But, you know, they're a decent team and uh, like I said, I, I think that is a pretty good comparison. Someone compared them to the, the We Believe Warriors. I could, you know, if they can take out the Lakers in the first round, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely call them that. Dude, they'll be one of my top five favorite teams of all time oh. if they beat the Lakers in the first round. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they could easily walk into a top five defensive season. If, if I mean, obviously, a lot of the season's already gone, but like that back wall, Oladipo. In the backcourt, who's scoring? Lillard was having so much trouble doing anything yesterday. He scored 30 points. Yeah, sure. But towards the end of the game, they were, dude, they were blanketing him at the end of the game while wall in Oladipo. And then Christian Wood is is not a bad defender himself. You've still got PJ Tucker. You've still got Eric Gordon. Mm -hmm. House is still so like they've still got like the the makings of a good defensive team. They get on, they they run a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'd expect it out of any team with John Wall. When it's like one step from one court, one one basket to the other, and you could say the same thing about Victor Oladipo. Yeah, and he is they're, healthy. They're fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he I hate Houston. Really healthy. I hate Houston, but I like this team. Interesting. <laughs> uh, another team out west that's right in this mix. Looking at the standings currently, uh, it's the first team we mentioned: the Trailblazers at nine and eight. Right behind them, the Golden State Warriors, and then right behind them, uh, the Rockets. So the Rockets are eight and nine. Uh, they're just a game and a half, or I'm sorry, a game behind the Warriors and the Trailblazers. The the Trailblazers have the edge right now, but they're all kind of in that eight spot. It, if I had to make a guess, I think it's going to be interchangeable throughout the year. Uh, Oklahoma City's in the mix too, wildly, and the Ma- Mavericks are going to be coming. But I think that the Trailblazers, the the Warriors, and the Rockets, especially if the Trailblazers, uh, you know, don't get healthy, that could be kind of a a dog fight in in the standings throughout the year, especially in a shortened season. Uh, but the Golden State Warriors, everyone's pressing the panic button, and I don't think that they're the Warriors of old but they've certainly come alive to some degree. We're starting to see uh, Steph Curry, you know, light it up. Uh, but where where do we stand on Golden State right now, guys? I think they're – I mean, I, I've always been calling for them to be like the seventh or eighth seed this year, so they're pretty much right on schedule. Uh, they got off to a pretty poor start, but uh, things have been they're, – they're doing all right. I mean, they got a nice uh, – you know, the system – Maybe you know the players starting to buy into the system now. I guess they're just starting to get just playing more into it. And uh, you know Wiggins is playing a little bit better this year, and mm-hmm. um, Ray Wiggins. has been playing better since the start of the season. But he still has a lot of like yesterday. He did not play well yesterday, but he he played well like the few games before yesterday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like Wiggins has, you know he's 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 been nice for them. He's going to be good for them when when Clay Thompson's back. Yeah, you know I don't know if this is a hot take. Uh, because statistically this isn't true, but I am going to go ahead and call this Andrew Wiggins best year as a professional basketball player. Uh, he is not having a career high in points. He's only averaging 17.7 points per game right now, but 
he is finally starting to show uh, how good of a defender he could be. People expect myself included. I expected him to be a much defender in the league uh, coming out of Kansas. And I, I'm going to call it the Steve Kerr effect. Kevin Durant went to Golden State and he became a really nice shot blocker in Wiggins now averaging 1.5 blocks per game. And then I'm also going to call it the Steve Kerr effect. This is the first time in his career uh, he'd never even come close to shooting 40% from three. He shot 35.6 uh, in the 2016-17 season. And that was his career high. He's now averaging a career high in percentage at a clean 40% as of right now and taking a career high uh, five attempts per game. And so maybe he's not getting as many points per game as he was uh, when he was more of a primary scoring option or one of the primary scoring options in Golden State. But he's substantially stepped up his game. He's turned into a better shooter, and he's turned into a really good defender. And I hope people realize that this is uh, – I hope people realize the importance of Draymond in this whole thing too. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to add. It's like, dude, if you're playing with Draymond and Steph Curry, it's like how many of your shots end up being assisted? How many end up being wide open? How many just end up being cuts to the rim? Like I think he's never played with a passer – like green or curry mm-hmm. uh, in his career. So it's like, I feel like that, that probably has helped a bunch for Wiggins. And like even Hami said it, Uber is going to get better as the year goes on. I mean, you're not, he's not going to be that God awful patheticness. He was at the beginning. It's like, I mean, he bounced back <laughs> he, he a little some bit. Games like, that. Like, like yesterday, he had, he had a really, I know he had a really bad shooting night yesterday. Cause I was keeping up with your fantasy, Adam. I was trying to keep up with your score because I know you have Ubre, who uh-huh. I drafted, and then I let go after after Christmas. Um, but yeah, like uh, he's he's up his game though. Like in the last couple weeks, like or like in the last week or so, because I know before in the fantasy rank thing, he was like in the like two hundred or something. But then he moved up to like he's he's moved up to like a hundred oh five or something like that. I don't know. He's gotten a lot better lately though. Like you said, he had the horrible game last night, but before that. He actually strung together some pretty decent games there. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like it's a confidence thing for him. And I have nothing yeah, to Uber, like. It's not, no, with Uber, it's not confidence. He's too confident. Like he has tunnel vision. He has complete tunnel vision. He does not see Steph Curry when he's wide open. You know, like that's okay. That, that's the thing. Like playing basketball and like you're moving around and trying to get open. It does not. It's, it's all for nothing if no one can find you. Like if no one has the right vision to, to look at the right spot but yeah like uber that's been kind of the thing so far is that like when he gets the ball he's going to the hoop or something like that or he's going to shoot uh he'll, he'll pass every now and then if he feels like there's nothing else to do it, it's funny you say it homie because like i remember on opening day on opening night uh he tried dunking on kd <laughs> and it was like a standing dunk too so like yeah there's that there's that confidence and i mean he got rejected yeah, back like a few with, years. I think he probably thought he was like playing for Washington still. <laughs> but like, yeah, like irrational, irrational oh. confidence. Kelly Wiggins, Uber. I can understand like the confidence thing with when it comes to like a guy like Wiggins, because you know, this is kind of his first year where he's kind of been he feels more confident now, Wiggins. Um, you know, compared and like last year too, you saw a little bit like the flashes of last year, because you know, there was no pressure to perform great or anything for the Warriors. But you know, looking looking ahead. 
I'm looking forward to the Warriors bouncing back. I don't think they're going to be like a top three seed, but, you know, four or five seed, I think they can make some noise in the future. You're saying this season or, or like more long-term? No, next season. This okay. season is a wash. It's more like seven, eight seed this season. Okay. So, you know, they, they just got to hang on, you know, that that's it for this season. Just, you know, if you want to get some playoff experience, you know, go for it. And Wiseman's looking great for them too. So yeah, he's like the, he's like the guy they needed, but he does need some help with some, you know, some fine tuning. And, and that's the thing about Wiseman is like, he totally, I uh, got screwed last year, you know, with the whole situation uh, with Memphis where he didn't get to play uh, hardly any games at all. And so you have this super, super raw 19 year old who shows incredible potential but he doesn't have a ton of game experience not just like a lack of nba game experience but a lack of legitimate college basketball experience too and so i think that affects his learning curve and i think that uh it affects his it plays into his lack of rebounding right now. The guy's seven foot, almost 250 pounds, but he's averaging 5.9 rebounds per game. I expect that to change, but it might take a little bit of time. Uh, you know, we've seen so many players come in. Uh, Tyson Chandler's a great example, who he was seven one, but he was rail thin when he came to the league. And it took him a long time to kind of bulk up and, and turn into – a uh, really good rebounder and shot blocker. And you saw that at the end in his Chicago days. But I think Wiseman, once he does develop, he actually extends the window, if you will. Uh, shooters can sometimes age well. You saw that with Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. And I think that if Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, maybe at the tail end of their career, maybe they're the second and third best player on the team. Maybe Draymond's a defensive coordinator. But when you... It, when and if you're able to develop a James Wiseman into a superstar center, it changes everything. Yeah, I mean, you already see the flashes. I, I love everything about his game. Watching him go up against Aiton was also fun, too, because Aiton's another guy who's like that, who's like, you know, he doesn't look that, like, big, but he's so tall, such long arms, he can, he, he can shoot the ball a little bit, and then he's just such a skilled player inside i love both mm. of them i think they're both going to be so much fun to watch over the next few years i mean the big men in the league right now are just outstanding yeah uh, i mean like Adebayo, obviously amazing Jokic, sabonis porzingis i mean a lot of these guys look like they're going to be amazing I, I just wish one of the bulls two big men could have been something like that yeah i love lowry but like man Dude, they need to join the club. They need to join the club because yeah. they are just – they're lacking. Six they're they're slacking, I should say. Yeah, uh, they, they need to join the club. I, I'm glad you brought yeah, up take the pledge. Take the pledge. I think Aiton is criminally underrated right now. Like, someone called him a bust on Twitter, and I wanted to pull my hair out. And then I just remembered it's just some idiot on Twitter. But the dude is not a bust. The guy – like, you look at his last few games right now, and – the dude's a legit one of the best rebounders in the league uh, against Memphis. He had 16, uh, then Houston, 17, uh, Denver, 13. In a game, he had 27 points, by the way, 13 rebounds again against Denver, 14 against OKC. And then last night, 13 rebounds against Golden State. Like the guy, 
doesn't nothing's really drawn up for him. He's only getting 14.2 points per game, but he's doing that of everything he is doing is like on the offensive glass or like some sort of broken possession. Like they aren't, he's not a focal point of that offense and he's still getting his. And I think he's legit. One of the most underrated players in the NBA right now. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul, I mean, that's the Chris Paul. Effect. I mean, the, the Suns look a lot better just like with him running the show. I mean, that, that goes for any team that's kind of been like, kind of like a middling team. Mm. Uh, so like having a Chris Paul is like, I mean, just like one of the great leaders of the game. I mean, of all time, honestly, uh, even though he does complain a lot. Yeah, and they uh, lost a tough one to OKC the other night. But I, I guess I was watching that game, and I just forgot how much I love watching Chris Paul when he's on. Uh, I mean... Yeah, especially like the first, like when it's kind of like the honeymoon phase, right, with the first year of the new team. It's just it's just him going to work. It's like he's like he's like a surgeon. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. He, he is like a surgeon, just precise. Yeah, he's like just knows uh, knows all the moves. I'm like if, if anyone wants to get better at like their ball handling, you, you got to watch a bunch of film with Chris Paul because he is like the he, his handles are never really flashy unless he does like that like kind of like that uh, you know that yo-yo dribble thing. Uh, yeah. But he, he can do anything. He can do everything. He can do any fancy thing you can think of. I bet he can. But he's just so like uh, so fundamental in his dribbling. It's very like clean. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we move on to the uh, Northwest? I'm sorry, the Western Conference Northwest Division a little bit. No, let's let's jump right into the Jazz. I mean, they're they're an awesome team. The Jazz are number one in the or in the West. Jeez, my geography is struggling today. They are on a ten game win streak after starting four and four. Uh, they have a differential, which is one of my favorite stats. Uh, so on any given day. Uh, you know, they're they're beating a team by an average of 7.8 points per game. They're taking a ton more threes. Uh, based on what I'm seeing, they're probably right around the, the league leaders in points per game, too. Uh, they are averaging 113.1 points per game and holding their opponents to 105.3. And I got to say, I am kind of all in. I think that they are going to win that division. I actually threw, you know, a couple bucks down that they do. And I literally mean a couple bucks. I don't gamble big money. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think they're going to win the division. And uh, Jordan Clarkson is the best bench scorer in the NBA. I think he's destined for a six man of the year. Mike Conley is uh, picking up where he left off in the bubble. And shoot, Rudy Gobert is still Rudy Gobert, averaging just under three uh, blocks per game. And uh, one of three players on that team with a player efficiency rating over 20, that's Conley, Clarkson, and Gobert. And I think it's extremely impressive that Mitchell isn't in that group and they're still this good. It's not just the Mitchell show. It's not just Gobert. This is a well-balanced, dangerous team. The I, I love Utah, but like the only thing I always think about with Utah is like, man, if they traded for Chris Paul two years ago instead of Conley, where would they have been right now? Ooh. Because, like, if they had Chris Paul instead of Conley, I feel like they'd be, like, a, 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 like a front, like a top four title contender. 
Well, are they? Retro version they for of you the Suns. Huh? Yeah, they'd be a better version of the Suns. Interesting. Interesting. But like, I I like I like Mike Conley, but like. I, I feel like we need to see him do it in the in the playoffs too, because like last year was really a letdown with Mike Conley, where it's like, where is he as a player? Well, it's uh, like because like was, yeah, Mike Conley's good. great, and he wasn't healthy, but he he balled yeah. out in the bubble. That's true. That's true. That's true. But like, I feel like if if they had Chris Paul, like the track record of being clutch and being Chris Paul and being like one of the best uh, point guards ever. I feel like that would put them over the hump, but I still think they're a really good team. I mean, they shoot more threes than anyone. Uh, and they're doing all of this with Bogdanovich playing like absolute hot garbage. Well, you, you kind of, and they've beaten some, they've beaten some good teams too, which, which is, you know, it's not like they're getting this 10 game win streak, beating the worst teams in the league. Well, you you said something interesting there. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the quick rewind button. It seems like you implied that they aren't, a top four title contender right now, as you've mentioned, they have beaten some really good teams in this 10 game win streak alone. They have beaten uh, the Milwaukee bucks, the Denver nuggets, the golden state warriors and the Dallas Mavericks, obviously uh, the, the bucks, the most impressive there. Uh, But those are some like legit, really quality wins. This team is first in the Western conference, uh, but you don't think they're a contender. Best record in the NBA, but I, I, I want to hear your thought process. They're a contender, but it's like they're winning games. They've stayed COVID free. Okay. Um, That's a really good like point. A they're about a Here's my away. thing. It's like, I feel like, yeah, 10 game win streak. Great. Best record in the league. Great. But like the Indiana Pacers under Paul George always had the best record in the league <laughs> or were up there. The Atlanta Hawks always had the best record in the league or were up there. I'd, I'd rather see them prove something because it's pretty much the same team as last year, except Derek Favors is back. And like, I mean, taking a lot more threes. They're taking a lot more threes. Because last year they were number one in catch and shoot three point percentage. But, but like, I'm not ready yet to like say, like, yeah, they're on the clip, the Lakers level, the Clippers level. Okay. I don't think they're there yet. But like, maybe they can be. I still think that they don't have, um, they can't. They, they don't guard the best players in the league the way that I, I feel like they the, – the way I feel like the other teams at the top do. Like, they don't have, like, a, a Kawhi. They don't have a Paul George on defense, at, at least. They don't have a LeBron, of course. Um, they don't really have, like, a Middleton-type defender. But they seem to do it as a team. I feel like they rely on Royce O'Neal to be, like, their number one defender. I don't think they have a weak spot um, defensively, honestly. Like, they're, they're third in points allowed – the they NBA. might not have a weak spot, but I feel like Rudy Gobert gets wrecked every year in that pick and roll game when the guard can shoot. I feel like every year somebody does that to them. And it was okay. Murray last year. Uh, it was like what it was Harden the year before. So I feel like every year, Curry the year before that. It's like every year there's a point oh, guard man. who they just can't deal with. Uh, and I feel like that's going to happen to them in the playoffs again this year. They're going to run up against a team with an amazing point guard, be it Phoenix or, or, or Dallas or Denver again. And that guard is just going to destroy them. Uh, so I'm not fully sold on Utah yet. I think it's too early and it's like regular season. Okay. That, that's fair. Hami, what about you? Yeah. I mean, this is a nice bounce back for the jazz after their, you know, horrible, you know, disappointment or whatever in the playoffs, uh, 
three one series lead and everything. Yeah, uh, I I always thought that Jazz they were, they were kind of my dark horse to be in the conference finals against the Lakers. Uh, I could see them getting that far, but uh, again, I, I don't think they could. You know, they'll beat them um, just because the Lakers are too talented and and. Uh, but you know, it depends because it, on on a you know post COVID or whatever when their fans are back. They need to get that number one seed whenever everyone comes back, right? <laughs> because, like, that's that they're a very good team at home. They usually are pretty good at home. Hmm. They got Mitt Romney out there in the stands. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a curse, the Ted Cruz curse. <laughs> well, it's yeah. You know, they're right now leading the NBA in three pointers made per game. Uh, I think up there, like in terms of like threes attempted threes made in the last, I, I think they're like, I, I thought they were setting a record as a team right now. So far something in, in one of the three point categories, either it was attempted or made. I don't think it was percentage, but it was one of those two. Yeah. Maybe it's percentage right now. They're third in the league in uh, a, attempted at 49. 49- uh, 1.9 behind only the Raptors and the Blazers uh, percentage. They're second behind only the Clippers at 39.7. But when you're taking 42 threes a game and you're knocking down 40% and uh, you're inside man on your one in four out is Rudy Gobert. And you have Jordan Clarkson playing some of the best basketball of his career, finally finding a home in Utah that's dangerous. I don't think it's a conventional attack in the sense that uh, I, I don't know how they would fare against a Lakers or a Clippers because of what are they going to do about Kawhi Leonard? What are they going to do about LeBron James? Uh, you know, you want to talk about a pick and roll. Uh, well, you know, Dennis Schroeder and LeBron James can both be the ball handler on that. And Anthony Davis ain't a bad role, man. Uh, so I don't know how I feel about the Houston. That's where I kind of agree with you, Abbas, about maybe this team has a little bit of a cap as far as how effective they can be in the playoffs. But I do think that this is a different animal than previous Utah Jazz teams uh, because it seems like they're, they've kind of figured out their own identity, right? They were always this really good defensive team, but they're doubling down on what is working for them. And this is... Clarkson's first full season with the jazz. And I think that he is just, you can't say enough how important he is to that team. And it gives them three elite ball handlers in Clarkson, Conley and Mitchell. And then, uh, you know, I believe in a lot of the pieces around them. Joe Ingles is really a pretty damn good defender, knockdown shooter. Both. And another ball handler. Yeah. And Bogdanovich wasn't healthy in the bubble last year. They probably beat Denver mm-hmm. last year. You know, he didn't like play De- at all. It's like they really missed him. Yeah. And so he, he was so, I mean, he was really what he was a 19, 20 point scorer per game last year. He hit the game. And, and against of course, the Bucks. an amazing, yeah. An amazing three point shooter. It's not there right now, but like, if you're winning this much when he's not there or he's not playing well, once he starts going once he starts playing at that level that he's used to or that we're used to seeing um that's just another guy for them to add but like yeah i i it's hard to anoint a team uh if they have to go through either Kawhi and and paul george or going through lebron 
it's just really hard to call somebody a full-out contender until they've proven they can go against a team like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Clippers getting Ibaka probably makes it a little bit tougher on Utah as well. Uh, Another guy who can draw Gobert out of the paint. That's a good point. It'll be fun, though. I'm I'm really looking forward to – the West playoffs are going to be just so entertaining again. Where, like, the first round is going to be so much fun because every matchup is enticing. Well, let's switch gears to the team that is second in that division, and that is the Denver Nuggets. I've been pushing the panic button since before the season started on them, and I'm finally starting to relax a little bit. They've won five in a row. Uh, They started not only wins, but they've had some quality wins as of late. And so I'm starting to like get confidence back in this team. Uh, They beat the Suns twice. They beat the Mavericks. Uh, I'm not giving them too much credit for beating the heat because they are so depleted. Uh, They take on the Spurs tonight who are also like quietly still pretty damn good. Still pretty spurish, if you will. Um, But yeah, I, I, I am happy as a Denver being my number two team, my Western conference team, obviously I'm bulls all day. But behind Jokic and his 25.2 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.9 assists a game, and also like 1.8 steals. Like this guy's playing passing lanes like he's never done before. Uh, but it's nice to see uh, Denver kind of turn it around. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess, I mean, it's about time, I guess. I mean, they, they were like really hot and cold to start the season. And yeah. I guess really cold to start the season, I should say. They weren't Their like, defense was horrendous. Hot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's crazy. I mean, Jeremy Grant, like he chose to leave that. Like the Nuggets tried to match, and he said no. Like I'm gonna, I want a bigger role. I think. Yeah, I think that's what he said. And yeah, I mean, like they, they really, they sorely could use him now, <laughs> uh, especially like with how with the jump he's made, like in, in scoring. Uh, but you know, Jokic has been playing really great so far. I know he's had, I know his turnovers have been a little bit high, but uh, you know, he's been. I mean, he's still doing his. Thing. I mean, like no one can. I mean, like he, he's like that guy. He's like that unguardable guy. Like right now, you know, it was like Steph Curry a few years ago. Now it's like you know, Jokic. Jokic is that guy where he's like literally unguardable. Yeah, and he's not leading the NBA in assists anymore, but he's third behind only Harden and Luca. And those guys are both guards. Obviously, everyone in that top five is a guard. Uh, but. It's it's certainly interesting. He's rightfully in the MVP conversation right now. And I do uh, love on on Twitter when people are like, "Oh my god, it's so bad for the league that somebody like Jokic is top 5 in assists. Like how can a center be top 5 in assists?" I really don't understand that argument. Oh, they're lucky I didn't thing, see that. I would have been very mean. <laughs> I I for I don't know why, but I love Jamichael Green. Like he was I liked him in Memphis and then in, in for the Clippers again. Like it, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see like this. He just reminds me of most Spates. Most like Spates. This, this big man <laughs> who just comes on the floor and j- can just score from anywhere. Like, but, act, but isn't like an, like is never going to be more than a bench player. I feel like he was a good ad. Cause like you, you, you kind of want a big man like that who can just, who can spread the floor rebound and, and just score the ball as well. Like, it's just fun to watch him play. <laughs> Decent enough perimeter defender, too, which kind of helped yeah. Grant mm-hmm. leaving. 
He can like switch inside outside playing defense. I don't know why. I just, I mean, his numbers look great too. He's scoring 11 points per game. He's shooting the three at a, at a high rate. It's like, it's fun to see players like that. I mean, they, they, it's going to be fun to see what, what happens with Denver. They like, I mean, like Hami said, they still don't have, a, I don't know who the heck plays defense on that team. They're 18th right now in defensive rating. I, I don't know how they've managed to do that. In 19th and the guys who they have on that allowed. team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea how they managed to do that, but they find a way. Well, you know, they're averaging uh, 116.4 points per game. That's third best in the NBA. So they're just simply outscoring teams. Uh, they rank second in assists. Uh, Jokic isn't the only elite passer on that team. Uh, they have a bunch of shooters, you know, they're uh, fourth in field goal percentage. And so, I mean, it, I guess they're kind of like figuring themselves out a little bit. One guy I got to give some credit to is Gary Harris, who's had some good games of late. Uh, but then a lot of people said Michael Porter Jr. was going to be the most improved player. I think that you have a lot of really strong candidates right now for that award. But for me, that it, it comes down to two, Christian Wood or Michael Porter Jr. But uh, MPJ had 30 the other night. He had uh, He's averaging 18 points per game. And – his, his three point percentage is otherworldly. He's uh, averaging 6.4 uh, attempts per game and shooting 47%. Like that is, that is unheard of. <laughs> That's like I mean, he's Kyle only, Korver. <laughs> he's only got like eight games down though. So like, I don't really know how much, cause like, I mean, he was out for like a month. That's with true. COVID. He has only played eight games. Uh, but like, I, I, I mean, honestly, it, it's it's just they're going to be a really fun team. They like they resemble the Wizards in terms of defensive personnel, but they still find a way to get it done. Like when I'm looking at the team, it's like, man, this is this looks like looking at the Wizards on defense. It's like you're looking at guys, and you're like, yeah, offense, 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 no, defense, defense, the offense, offense, offense. It's like, where's the two way? <laughs> where's the two way? <laughs> I don't see them. They 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 needed Grant, but. I mean, good for Grant though, because it he he's legit. We I feel like I made fun of that contract a lot, but like he's good. <laughs> yeah, and and shoot, that's another guy in the most. He's probably the leader for most improved player. <laughs> Him and Wood are gonna have to like box it out <laughs> for who's getting that award, or or they just make two of them for them. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a co-winner situation. F- find a way that find a way to make them tie because they both deserve it. <laughs> Do you think you guys think uh, before we move on to our all of our favorite team? Do you guys think that they have a chance to catch Utah, maybe, and you know pull back into the? Uh, I think they've won it the last few years. The 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 division. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. they can do it. They can do it. I mean, it, there's so much season left. Yeah, they're only three games back, but Utah is not going to lose a lot. I mean, they'll find a way. One, a team will go on like a three-game slide, like the Lakers are on a what a two-game slide or a three-game slide two game now. Slide, yeah. So like, it just takes one of those, right? And a lot of good performances, and they'll find a way. I feel like, I think the playoffs are going to move around a lot, especially depending on what happens with COVID. Because like if LeBron, if LeBron is out for like three games because of safety protocols, the Lakers are going to lose three games. <laughs> That's a good point, Hami. What do you? What about you? Yeah, they uh, they're, they're not in a bad spot now. They're what like fourth seed, fifth seed, or they uh, fourth seed? Yeah, yeah. It looks like I mean they're a lot better than I thought. I thought they were down to six or something now, but no. Yeah, they're they're in a very good spot. But the the thing is like 
even the Blazers are a game and a half behind them. The Blazers are eighth. It's a dogfight for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, it's going to be like that one year where the, you know, remember when it came around to the last day, the, the Spurs or whatever, and then the Clippers, you know, the, the Spurs were the defending champions, and they were the sixth seed. Like, And they came down to, like, what, like one game, basically. It all came down to the end, or it'll come down to, like, the last game of the season. But, yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, uh, hopefully they don't find themselves in the play-in game or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the Chicago Bulls. That's our favorite team. Uh, all of us. And so I have two statistics for you guys to start this conversation. One is great. The other is horrible. Which one do you want first? Point scored is great. Let, let's take the horrible one. Leading the so league in turnovers, like, like 17 turnovers a game. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I see it. Now are but you ready for the great one? There's a lot of great stuff here, like in terms of team rankings. Yeah. No, this is extra great. Like number one? <laughs> This is, I'll just tell you, as of right now, as of right now, the 29th of January, 2021 AD, uh, the Chicago Bulls are averaging the most points per game that they ever have as a franchise at uh, 115.3. That's, that's only fifth best in the NBA, but I'll take it. It also says a lot about the era we're playing in, but this is technically. Dude, look from <laughs> the offensively last year where they, they couldn't do anything offensively yeah. to top five. That is a great, that's a great sign. And yeah. I think turnovers will go down once white gets more comfortable playing point guard. When mm-hmm. Levine decides to not just throw the ball to the other team as often as he does. Uh, and I think it'll also be good to have Sato back for a while. Totally. He doesn't, he, he, you need that, a, a guy like that. And it'll also be nice to see Denzel's minutes go down because that, that he can pass, but man, he is a turnover machine. Him, Levine and Kobe white are just turnover, turnover, turnover. They, they, they all three of them need to get better at that. Yeah. It seems like they're really kind of figuring out how to play with each other. It is encouraging to see Kobe. It seems like ever since that ugly collapse against OKC that Kobe is doing a better job facilitating and he's seeing Zach more and Zach is uh, really turning into a solid playmaker as well, but it's just kind of an interesting situation when you have two point guards, essentially like, and neither of them are really a point guard, but I'm almost done calling Kobe white, the point guard, like Zach Levine's just as much the point guard as Kobe white. It's like there, it, it is a two guard offense. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of like other team stats here, I mean, I'm just, this is a uh, team stats brought to you by Yahoo. Um, they're eighth in field goal percentage and they're sixth in three point percentage. And they're also not bad in like free throw percentage too. So, you know, I got to get all your free points. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, it's really is night and day, like how, how they look though, just in terms of like as a team, like, you know, you can even see by like the third game of the season, whatever, second game, they, they really do like playing for Donovan. Totally. And they're, they're right in there with the playoff mix. Uh, the Raptors were like one of the worst teams in the league and they're slowly starting to turn it around like super slowly. 
Uh, the Raptors Chris are 7-11. Boucher, baby. I expect them to be a playoff team. Uh, but the Bulls are 7-10. and They're right there uh, at 10 right now. But, you know, that could all change early. It just I think they play the Knicks this, like next week twice. Uh, the Knicks are 8-11. and So they both have the same uh, – they're both five games back out of first place. That doesn't mean anything right now in the season. They're playing the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow. And I don't want to say that's an automatic loss because shoot, they beat the Mavs. That's hey, that's that's it's a winnable game. Portland doesn't have anybody right that's, now. Yeah, they'll probably win. But shoot, but then again, look, Portland's lost two in a row. I don't think they're going to want to lose again. Yeah, I can see the Blazers um, winning. I can actually see the Blazers blowing them out actually because they because of how they lost yesterday. But the ones yeah. against the Knicks should be a great matchup because that that's a really good test for us. Well, to the, see where the Bulls are kind of at right they now. They should and then get also at least one of those. They should get at least one yeah. of them against the yeah. Knicks because, like, you can't lose a bat. You can't lose two games in a row to the same team. Yeah, yes. Yeah, unless they're like, unless like, they're like a top five team. But you know, yeah. Tom Thibodeau's been—he's had that one circled. He's out for blood, and it could go either way. And what are they going to do about Julius Randle, who's like now another guy? You know, could be most improved. <laughs> Gafford, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Carter, of Gafford course, and Marker again. <laughs> But it's it's interesting because you look at the standings and you look at the Bulls' schedule, and they better be smelling blood in the water uh, early in February because after that Portland game, you have the two games both at home against the Knicks, then two away games against Orlando, and then a game against Washington, and then a game against the Pelicans. And so you are going from one of the toughest stretches of your season where I think they actually grew a lot as a team into – a stretch of super winnable games. That's, you yeah, know, February will be nice for us. Yeah. I think that they could actually totally cover some ground. And uh, if there is a time that they climb up in the standings, maybe get to, you know, the eighth overall in the Eastern conference standings, it's going to come that early to mid February. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they could, uh, I mean, cause I was thought, Orlando would be great for us because Orlando has always been the prototypical eighth seed in the last, you know, the prototypical average team in the NBA the last couple of seasons. So if we can get two wins out of that, that'd be great. The problem is that they're back to back days. So, you know, maybe they might lose one, but against the Knicks, they'll have a day off in between them and they're both at home. So I really hope we can take both of those games against the Knicks. That would be huge. It's tough to beat the Knicks twice. They're so well coached. Uh, Thibodeau's always been such a great game planner. Um, but I, I just can't wait to watch those because the Knicks are like actually fun again. And so are the bulls. So just from a pure entertainment value aspect, like those are two good league pass teams. Those are two fun young teams. I feel like my big thing right now with the bulls is if they can't show any improvement on defense, especially with Carter out, then I don't think they're going to be hanging around much this season. Okay. I think they'll, I think they'll, I think if they can't play defense, they're going to drop out of that like 10 spot out of that play in spot and they're going to be watching from home again. Uh, so they need to figure out how to be a better defensive team because they are just, they're pathetic, honestly, uh, a- on defense. They, they need to, the, the guys who don't play defense need to figure out how to play defense. So yeah. like Markinen, uh, Levine, White. Gotten better. Levine's gotten better, but like they're still just they they I mean they they have possessions where they just don't seem to have any idea what the hell is going on. 
like even Levine, especially like help defense as a team, they're just such a bad help defense team. And like, I guess it, it makes sense since they're all like younger than me uh, or half of them are younger than me. How old are you Abbas? I, I what I'm 23 and like half the okay, starters yeah. are half the starters are like children to me. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so like, yeah, they need to, they need to figure out how to play defense as a team. Cause they, they, they seem like they're like three years away from being able to be an average defensive team. <laughs> and I don't think they have that type of window to work with. So they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out. Because uh, they, they suck at defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's they're, they're good at offense, but they, they suck at defense. They're, Oof. they're, they're very poopy at defense. I, I wish I didn't agree with you so much, but everything you said is true. It's unfortunate, but like, I mean, I, I think they've shown growth at least. So I guess that's like, that's a good silver lining. Uh, and we got some games to probably start watching here. Uh, the Hornets are up 12 right now against the Pacers uh, late in the second quarter. Uh, this was way more, <laughs> this made more sense back in our radio DePaul days when we could do, give like more of a live score update because we're on live radio uh whenever you're listening to this the pacers will have already uh come back to win that game against the hornets or maybe they didn't but uh (laughs) the hawks are up eight against the lowly wizards uh alex len is randomly having an okay game 8.6 rebounds so far and the Cavs are up against the knicks and then you got uh kings raptors in a very entertaining game where the pelicans are up early against the bucks so i'm sure we all want to get to those um but i do want to give a quick shout out to uh we breathe sports.com uh they've been featuring some of our episodes on their website and uh super fun follow on twitter uh especially if you're a premier league fan uh, i would definitely recommend following them uh they have some really great soccer podcasts and uh, game previews and so they're all over the ball on that uh no pun intended and always we have to give a shout out to evan buttress our graphic designer who uh created our beautiful logo follow him wax cowboy on the gram that's the instagram that is and um yeah i don't know any anything else any any you guys want to say go bulls baby hey yeah, go brother. bulls awesome well folks give us a like if you like us and if you don't don't we'll see you next time